Hello, thank you for joining Falling for Learning podcast. I am T.D. Flanagan. I'm a veteran educator who's worked in several different roles in a large public school district. I've worked as an elementary, middle school, and high school teacher, as well as an instructional coach for individual schools, such as elementary schools, high schools, as well as worked under the directors or the principal's supervisors as an instructional advisor for English language arts for 39 schools and then later for 20 schools supervised by a particular administrator. So I have extensive experience with working with schools and teachers and students from pre-kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. And so as a parent, coupled with my experience as a parent, I have extensive knowledge in how to make sure that students are prepared for the next level and that they are on track for learning and to stay on track for success. Thank you so much for joining us on the Falling for Learning podcast. The podcast is for parents to really help them to understand tips and strategies and information that they need to make sure that their students are achieving at high levels, um, K through 12, right? Um, And what they need to do on their side to make sure that they're setting their child up for success. Um, So I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about yourself. Sure. My name is Mark Beeling. I'm uh, currently serving as superintendent of Portage Public Schools. We're a district of just under 9,000 students located in Portage, Michigan, which is in the southwest corner of the state of Michigan. Um, Our community is... If we're a suburban community, uh, it's just south of Kalamazoo, um, mostly a uh, typical of many suburban communities, uh, high percentage of white students. Uh, we have some uh, minority students and our demographics are changing. Uh, we, our families speak over 50 different languages in our community. So we're trying to meet their needs as well. But that's a little bit about the district. Uh, myself, uh, I've been in this business for quite some time, and I started out as a uh, industrial arts teacher. I taught middle school shop and then moved into the high school level where I taught instruction trades. Our students built uh, homes uh, out on a, on a job site. And then from there, I decided to, that I really wanted to pursue administration. So an opportunity arose where I became an assistant principal of a high school, later moved into a high school principalship in two different schools, and finally uh, took a a superintendency in a smaller school district of about uh, 2,000 students where I served in that capacity for 18 years. And I'm currently in uh, starting my 11th year as superintendent of schools in Portage, Michigan. Wow. That's all all I got for you there. If you've got more questions. uh, Of course. Thank you so much. So it sounds like you've been in education for quite a while. And so we're glad to hear and kind of lean in on some of that expertise that you've had for um, so many different roles uh, within education. 
Um, so what brought you into education? Like, what was the reason that you decided to pursue this career? It was all because of a teacher I had in high school. Uh, there was a, obviously my interest has always been around woodworking. And that got me into the construction trades. That got me into industrial education. But I had a teacher in high school who took a real interest in my abilities uh, he saw something in me that others didn't see. And he was the guiding force that that I became passionate around not only the content, but in making sure or wanting to help others understand woodworking in this particular case, the same level of I did so as I did. So uh, this was a gentleman that that believed in me, gave me opportunities both in the classroom and outside of school to help him on some projects that he was working on. And that's what really ignited my passion for getting into education. I knew what I wanted to do from day one uh, going into college. Wow, that's really fascinating. So that one educator really made a difference in your life as far as helping you to choose a path. And and I what really stands out to me from that is that a lot of educators are, you know, very academic and they really, you know, focus in on that part. But you came in from a trade aspect, I, I think. And so I think that is interesting. Um, and how do you all, how do you in the school district where you serve, how do you all um, foster that? So not just, you know, maybe an academic, but also those trades as well. And maybe even business as far as students and their uh, career path. Yeah, I've been a big proponent of career and technical education. Obviously, coming from that background, back then we called it vocational education. Now we call it CTE, career technical education. Uh, we're very fortunate in our area to have uh, a very strong program and partnerships with the nine other school districts that belong in our county. We're organized around a county-based system, so the nine schools have combined efforts and uh, we call currently it's it's been called education for employment where different schools will offer different programs and our students are bused back and forth or drive to other schools to get programs that we may not offer um, our community our larger community the, the Kalamazoo County community has supported uh, a millage to support career and technical education and we had a, a, a an anonymous source who, who, who gifted us a hundred million dollars plus the land to build a CTE center. Wow. That construction has just started, but we're put, pulling together many of the programs that the locals had into a central site, into a beautiful facility. And so our students will have access to programs like never before. And we're hoping that by eliminating kind of that, you know, that competitive nature that exists between students and schools. Some, some, some students from going to another school because they're a competitor in athletics, you know, in, in, in the arts. Um, so having a neutral site, we, we believe will increase enrollment in those areas and uh, provide state-of-the-art technology that they'll be able to operate and learn in. Okay, that's really fascinating. So you are saying that that money is for all nine of those school, nine of those counties, or something like. Is that right? It's it's 
nine different school districts, but we belong to a service agency. And so the kind of the vehicle that's receiving those funds is the, the ESE, the Educational Service Agencies. They're responsible for constructing a facility and coordinating the programs that will be uh, held at that site. Okay, that's really great to hear, you know, pooling of resources, people working together, and all of it's for the, you know, promotion of students, making sure students have what they need, right? And not just thinking about the academic aspect. I've definitely been guilty of that as a, a teacher that, you know, started off on a really academic. It is really not always recognizing the importance of the vocational or career technical and education. And then also the business aspect of, of what students can do to contribute to the com- economy and our society. So I'm glad that you all are bringing that together. And that definitely sounds like something that people around the United States can take notice of and maybe duplicate different type of uh, programs like that for you. So that's really good. Yeah, not, you know, not every student um, is destined to go to college and, you know, preparing students for whatever they believe their next phase of life will be is so important to us. And that doesn't preclude the fact that students who go through a CTE program can't go on to college. Many do. I mean, I did. I, I was in in vocational programming, industrial education in high school, uh, but knew I wanted to be a teacher. But that was my content area. So I think kids need to find their own passion and dabble in different things. You know, this it it doesn't just start in high school. This this career in technical center uh, we're already starting programming for seventh and eighth graders, exposing them to different careers where beyond just what their family might be involved in. And so many of our students don't see those uh, those trades and those activities going on. So they don't even understand what the possibilities are. So exposing those the, our youngest children to our younger, I wouldn't say youngest, but our younger children to to what's possible is so important to us as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad that um, you have this aspect that is really thriving and being nurtured in your uh, school district and the surrounding districts that you work with. Um, yeah, I just think that's a, one of the missing links, right? We forget, some of us forget students who aren't on the academic path. And I think there was a time, depending on the school district or the area, that when they tracked kids, you know, like maybe, you know, someone's um, for trade or someone's for academic, that maybe at the end um, that I wouldn't have the skills. Like if I chose the trade, I wouldn't have the skills depending on my my other classes didn't prepare me to be able to go to college. But I think now um, most of the districts have it normalized where there's all the classes pretty much will prepare you. Of course, there's advanced level, but even the basic level or the regular classes still are going to be able to prepare you for college. And I don't think that was the case um, always. And so sometimes people don't really notice that because before you put, were put on a track and you didn't have the college level courses that you needed. So we're we're very fortunate. Our, Our community, and I speak of Portage specifically, has been very supportive of of education in general. I mean, they've been very generous with, with, with providing us with new facilities. We're in the middle of a 
building project now where we're replacing five of our oldest elementary schools. We've already built new middle schools. Um, and, and that's all the support our students. We want to make sure that our, our students are in the best possible places they can be. Um, and, you know, so we, we do offer things like the International Baccalaureate Program, too, for those that really want to push themselves that in that way. Um, so, again, that's a that doesn't happen without a lot of community support and understanding that it takes additional funds to run those kind of programs. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that makes me think as well as about what your ultimate goal is as a leader. and. Um, you know, maybe like, what are your five-year goals as a leader of Portage Schools? Well, I'm I'm kind of towards the end of my career at, as a superintendent. Uh, five years from now, I'm, I hope to be, uh, you know, retired and uh, doing some things that I haven't been able to do. But, you know, our primary goal here has been to create the best possible environment for student success. and. You know, so our kind of our strategic commitments that we call them are are primarily focused on our students, but we also realize that they need to be in a culture that supports them. So as I look at what I'd like to see happen down the road is for that culture to continue to grow so that we can be as best positioned as possible to support all of our students, no matter what they bring to the table when they come through our doors is that we can create an environment that supports them so that they can be successful to reach their potential. And uh, and that's hard work because there is no end to that work. That's that's ongoing work. Just, you know, if you think there's an end to building culture, then you've got a pretty short-sighted view of what has to happen. And culture is hard to change. There's so much uh, reason. I, I wouldn't even call it resistance. There's so much um, pressure to maintain what is uh, because people are afraid of, of change or unwilling to change or scared of change. I, I don't know how to frame that exactly, but change is difficult and culture requires change. Changing culture requires people to change as well. So I just... I, I hope that some of the practices that we've begun to institute in our district continue to grow and and become hardwired so that they happen all the time automatically. Listen, parents, it's summertime. The days are flying by and you still haven't buckled down yet and provided learning activities for those babies. It's okay. I can help you out. All you have to do is go to www.tinyurl.com slash learn 10 way, learn the number 10 way, and I will give you our freebie in exchange for your email, 10 ways to squeeze learning fun into busy days. Don't let another day go by without providing fun learning activities that will give your child the competitive edge. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of those practices that you have that you are cultivating and that you hope continue? The uh, one of the sure uh, the one of the one of the things that we've really uh, become good at is the uh, is rounding. 
all of our leaders round on other people. So uh, using myself, for example, um, outside of the evaluation process, uh, I meet with uh, members of my executive team. So that there are there are nine people on that team. I meet with them. It's a quick, informal way of touching base with folks to find out um, what's going well in their day. There, you know, a set series of questions that take no more than five or ten minutes. What's going well? Are you getting the resources that you need? Uh, what can we do to improve? And is there anyone who has supported you that you'd like me to recognize? So that gives us a chance to recognize employees who have uh, have contributed contributed to someone else's success. So rounding has been uh, an effective process. I also round with school board members. So uh, twice a year, uh, I meet individually with each board member and ask similar questions that gives me a sense of where they're headed, outside of the boardroom where we're not having that discussion in a, in a public way. And then the important part of that is closing that loop. So once I've completed my rounding with administrators, we sit down together and I report out, this is what I heard from you. And it gives everyone a chance to hear what everyone else is saying, not individually by name, but I look for themes and threads that I can share with them that, you know, that raises some issues that we can, you know, further need to uh, to do. And I do the same thing with the school board. We'll meet uh, as a board. It's usually part of my evaluation process where we do that. And uh, it gives them a lot of good feedback. It gives me a lot of, lot of input and feedback as well. So that's the that practice of rounding. Our principals do that with their teachers. They can take a group of other employees, uh, paraprofessionals, our support staff, uh, custodians, maintenance, uh, food service staff. So it's not just limited to you know direct reports, but but anybody in the organization that you want to get feedback from. The other the other practice that that we've really institutionalized is uh, surveys. We survey our students, we survey our parents, and we survey our employees. So we get ongoing feedback from those groups as to their perceptions about what we're doing. So the uh, same thing holds true there. We get the information and what, what many people, what many schools don't do is, is report back what they heard. So for example, with students, I get a report after the, uh, uh, after students take the survey, and I happen to have a, uh, I formed a student advisory board that meets with me on a monthly basis. And I, at a high level, I'll share results with them. And, and then we focus on, on, the, on the top one or two things that we're doing well, and we get feedback from, from uh, I'll use students as an example. Um, you know, what are we doing that we need to keep doing that gives us, gives us these, these results in these categories? And then where, where we scored lower, it's the, the same sort of thing. What, what can we do? What would, what would cause us to get a higher score in these areas? What would we need to do? And, and get that same feedback. So it gives me a sense of, of uh, the types of things we need to work on. Uh, it allows me to connect with our students to know what's on their mind. And, uh, and then we develop action plans from that. And, uh, and, and then that cycle continues to go. So it's like that plan, do, study, act cycle, but 
We're making sure that we let people know what we're doing so that next time they take the survey, they're reminded of what we've done to improve uh, on what we said we were gonna do. And that's built, I said it at the, at the district level, but each building level leader gets information for their building from their parents, from their staff, and from their students. And that's where the, really the work takes place. So those are a couple things. I know that was a little long, but. Uh, no, it was excellent. Very thorough. And it really sounds like you have a lot that you can share with other leaders around the country. My last question is, um, like, what message do you have for parents um, as uh, they're guiding and helping their kids learn and grow? What message do you have for them that they could do or that will really be helpful in giving them the, an advantage? Well, that is that is a huge question because, it, you know, as, as kids change, as they're going through an educational system, um, you know, I think the better you know your kids the uh, and are able to to share that information with their teachers so that teachers to help teachers build that relationship with kids that relationship piece in my mind is so important you know i just i look at when my three kids were growing going through schools and i've used them as an example um when i think of the term rigor relevance and relationships i had three kids each one of them was tied to one of those characteristics. Our oldest was all about rigor. Throw her as much as she could get, you know, and she would handle it. And she that was that was how she, how she was able to thrive. Was is teachers who recognize that. Our our middle daughter was all about relationships. If you couldn't connect with her in a personal way, she wasn't able to to produce what she, you know, and reach her potential. Okay. And then our youngest, our son, was about relevance. If he didn't understand what he was doing, why he was doing it, he wouldn't put the effort forth to do that. So, so I think parents understanding their children's kind of their learning style or where they really thrive and being able to work with, with staff members on on helping support that aspect of it, or at least recognizing that, um, I found to be very helpful. Um, one of the things I wish I would have done in retrospect was kind of force them into certain opportunities that um, that would help them develop skills that would help them later on. And that was, you know, things like forensics or debate or or areas where they're where they're they're up in front of, of their peers or the public to perform because those are skills that develop confidence and allow you to uh, to flourish outside of the classroom in the future. So those are just a couple things that come to my mind initially. Excellent. I think you have so many gems, you know, to offer parents. You are a parent. You are a, um, you know, a leader. You've been a teacher. So, so many different aspects of your experience are, I feel like, are very helpful for our audience as they are trying to navigate, you know, um, the educational system for their child and what works best for them. And it really resonates with me as well, because as I 
uh, talk to parents. I really talk to them about, of course, math skills, reading, writing, but I also really stress the speaking and listening because that means so much when people have to go on interviews or when they're articulating themselves and working together with people, that that missing aspect could really be um, a make it or break it uh, for kids. So um, you, you recognize that you said the same thing. So um, thank you so much uh, for meeting with us. Um, so you, I don't know, like if there's a way, you know, if parents want to reach out to you or if they want to find you or they want to see your speeches or your uh, meetings, uh, where can they find you? Sure. Our, uh, we just uh, updated our website. I think it went, uh, went live last uh, Friday. So there may still be a bugs, a few bugs in there. But we can be found at uh, portageps.org. That's portage, P-O-R-T-A-G-E-P-S.org. And uh, that's our website. And people can learn a lot more about us there. Great. Thank you so much uh, for your time. And I I really appreciate um, you following up. And um, very excited that, you know, I got to uh, talk with you and just uh, hear some of your wisdom um, and from all your experience. Um, So I will uh, uh, be in contact with you. Um, We're going to uh, place this on, um, it'll be on Spotify and um, iHeartRadio, wherever you can get podcasts pretty much. And also we will put it on our YouTube as well, which is... um, youtube.com slash at fall for the number four learning. And I will send it to you as well when we, um, when we publish it. So thank you so much, um, Mr. B. Lang um, and have a great day. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. It was fun to do this. It's uh, you know, you don't always get a chance to talk about, you know, your own personal journey and, and where you've been and where you still want to go. And, so thanks for this opportunity. I hope uh, there's a morsel or two that people will be uh, who help by this. Great. Thanks. All right. Thank Bye. you so much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you again for joining us at the Falling for Learning podcast. We are here every week. Saturdays at 5 p.m. is when we drop our new episodes. Please listen in every week for those strategies and tips to keep you and the next generation on track for success. You can also find us on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash at fall for learning. Again, that's youtube.com at fall, the number four learning. We really appreciate you. And we are here on a mission to make sure that that next generation is on track for success and on track for learning. Thanks again. I'm TD Flinaw. Have a wonderful week.